What was it that Abraham was seeking? Exactly. And where did he want that bride to be from? From his family back home. Yes. And where did he not want her to be from? Canaan. The Canaan area where he was living. And who did he want to arrange for a bride to be brought to Isaac? His oldest servant. Yes. Evidently, a highly trusted servant, that would be Boyd, if I'm not mistaken. He has a blue, big car. No, that's Mindy. Mindy has a blue Honda. No, this is a blue, like, Oldsmobile Buick. What that's is it? It's greenish blue. It's kind of weird blue. Kind of <laughs> green. turquoise blue. <laughs> yeah. Green. Is it green? Yeah. What's that it's green, green. Cameron? It's green-ish. Am I losing my color? Yes. Is Claudia here too? I, think I would have called it blue. Anyway, it's one of them colors. Mindy's is a dark blue Honda. Okay. It's oh. big and named Anya. Looks like just blue. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so he wanted this servant to uh, bring a wife back to Isaac. That seems really weird to us, doesn't it? Can you imagine that happening? You know, we've got some eligible young bachelors and bachelorettes in here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, any of you guys want uh, one of your dad's servants to uh, go grab a wife for you and bring her to you and you marry her on the spot? No. Or any of you girls be willing to do this? Sorry about that. You know, if you could make it to the front door. <laughs> <laughs> it felt long. The conditions are inclement. I meant the, the sidewalk. Oh. So, um, so he sends this uh, servant, and of course, this is a daunting challenge for the servant. Now, he is told that if she won't come, he's not obligated, but he's going to find her. You know, how easy is it to find a wife for yourself? Well, none of you guys have done that yet. Younger ones, anyway. So uh, maybe it's because the time's not right, but um, it's not always easy. Can you imagine finding a wife for somebody else? That'd be easier. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe. But he's your master's only son that he loves deeply, and so I think you're going to really want to do a good job in this. And I like what he does. What we looked at last time was very impressive. When you have a big job, I think doing what he did is a good idea. What did he do? He prayed. Yes. Isn't that the right thing to do? And he sort of said to God, look, would you please let it be that the right girl is the girl that when I say, would you give me a drink, says, yes, yes and your camels. Because mm -hmm. that's going to be a job, and that's going to prove she's generous, and she's industrious and she's a good water drawer so <laughs> all right uh comments or questions through verse 14. we'll wonder how this is going to turn out 15 to 21. before he had finished speaking behold rebecca who was born to bethuel the son of milka the wife of nahor abram's brother came out with her water jar on her shoulder. The young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom 
no man had known. She went down to the spring and filled and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar. She said, Drink, my lord, and she quickly let down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also, until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water. And she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered in his journey or not. So, uh, he's not even finished the prayer yet when this girl shows up. And um, there are some good signs in this girl before he ever really asks her anything, though he doesn't know about most of these good signs. There's one thing he can tell right off the bat. What's that? She was a worker. Beautiful. She was beautiful. Yeah. Before he even asks her anything, uh, he can tell she's very beautiful. But there's a couple other things we know that he doesn't know that are also good signs. What are those? Her family. Yeah, she's properly related. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, and what else is a good sign? Well, I think she's got her, this jar on her shoulder, which is a good sign. And <laughs> I'll buy that, yes. It, it would imply that she probably is uh, someone who's willing to draw water. So, yeah, she, that she's a worker. But what, what else do we, do we know that he doesn't? She's a virgin. Yeah. She's been a pure, righteous person, evidently. And so that's that's encouraging. So we find out a couple things. He can tell she's got the jar on her shoulder, and she is pretty. And so the servant thinks, okay, he runs to meet her. And it's amazing that God brought her, before he's even finished the prayer. I mean, this is a very quick answer to what he asks. And he says, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And so she lets him drink. When he finishes drinking, what does she say? Let's water his camels too. Wow. Before he even finished the prayer, he knows she's pretty. He asks for a drink, she gives it, and now she says, and your camels. Wow. This is encouraging. He still doesn't know, but it's encouraging. So look at verse 20. What do you see her doing? Is there anything that impresses you there? She ran back to the world. Yes. Her performance is exceeding even its expectations. You know who she reminds me of when she runs back to get the water from the well? Samaritan woman. Well, <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah, maybe. Not, not the same. No, I'm thinking of something in Genesis. Who's that remind you of? Abraham, back in Genesis 18, remember? Where he hurried into the tent and ran to the herd and hurried to prepare it for those three strangers that turned out to be angels. Uh, so, you know, she kind of reminds me of Abraham and how quickly, how industriously, she's just a war of activity here getting all these camels watered. Meanwhile, the man in verse, 40, in verse 21 
He's looking at her. <laughs> you know, what's he thinking? Could this be the one? Exactly. I mean, so far so good. But, I mean, what what else is, is going to have to be true that he doesn't know yet if it's true for her to be the one? To be in relation to Abraham. She's going to have to be related to Abraham. And, more or less, to be really successful, she's... She's going to have to be willing to do this. Oh, you know? I mean, that could be a little bit of a stumbling block, don't you think? Hey, I'm, there's this, there's my, my master. I know you don't know my master, but he's got this son. I don't know, you know, you don't know him. And he's back over here in Canaan. I know you've never been there, but, but would you come and marry him? You know, that just sounds like kind of awkward, you know? Uh, so I can see all of that being a challenge, but so far so good. And he's looking and th trying to think, but, but look at verse 21. Is he thinking, do you suppose this will be my lucky day or not? Is that what he's thinking? No. What's he thinking? He's, he's, I think he is amazed at what he's seen so far. But he's thinking about what he's asked the Lord exactly. for. Exactly. Is this the Lord answering my prayer? See, I mean, somebody else in this situation might have thought, you reckon this is my lucky day? You know... You reckon I just, you know, I was really wise in which well I thought to come by or which woman I thought to ask? I mean, you can see other people, you know, thinking all other kinds of things. But he's thinking, you know, do you suppose the Lord is going to make this journey successful? Do you suppose the Lord is answering my prayer? Now, one reason that he would probably think that way is because he prayed the prayer. You know... Um, you usually don't expect the Lord to answer prayers you don't pray. <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that he turned to God makes him see the hand of God more. I know that for me, you know, I just didn't pray well for years. And when a few years ago, the Lord gave me the blessing of improving that a lot and starting to pray a lot more seriously, it was amazing what I saw. I saw the Lord answering my prayers. Before that, I didn't see it because I wasn't doing them. I was praying very vaguely, very generally. As I started praying more and more specifically, it's like, wow, I can see this. Well, obviously I couldn't if I wasn't doing the praying. <laughs> So I think he's looking for the Lord's hand because he's asked the Lord for help. So I like this servant, and I think he's a good example so far. Comments and questions? When he made that prayer, he's probably thinking, I'm going to be taking a lot of drinks today. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, yeah. But the first one is the one. Isn't that amazing? That's the Lord. <coughs> the Lord's anxious to answer. Yes, yes. There's an Old Testament passage, but I can't remember just at the moment where it is. It might be Isaiah 19, but something about where the Lord, you know, answers almost before we ask or something. I can't remember how that is, but that's a characteristic of God, that he's more eager to answer than we are to ask. All right, look at 22 to 28. And it came about when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a gold ring 
weighing a half shekel and two breast bracelets for a wrist weighing ten shekels in gold and said whose daughter are you please tell me is there room for us to lodge in your father's house and she said to him I am the daughter of Bethuel the son of Milcah whom she bore to Nahor again she said to him we have plenty of both straw and feed and room in, to lodge in then the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord and he said blessed be the Lord the God of my master Abraham who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master for as for me, the Lord has guided me in the way uh, to the house of my master's brothers. And the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. So the camels finished drinking. He, the man, the servant, gives her a gold ring and two gold bracelets and asks a very important question. What does he ask? Who's daughter are you? Do you suppose he's got his fingers crossed? <laughs> is she going to be a relative somehow? Is, there, is she a part of the clan? Well, lo and behold, what does he find out in answer to that question? She is. Is she? she she's the, the granddaughter of Abraham's brother, Nahor. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. but it's better than that. How is she the granddaughter of Abraham's brother? Well, Milcah was Haran's daughter. Yes. And so on both sides. He's yeah, <laughs> she is the granddaughter of one of Abraham's brothers. And the great-granddaughter daughter of the other one. She is related to both of Abraham's brothers, about as close kin as you could get. She's a double cousin to Isaac, I guess. I don't know how that really works. Kind of an odd situation where the daughter of one of Abraham's brothers, that might be Mindy, married the, uh, married the other brother. But it means that this girl is related through both of Abraham's brothers to Isaac. It just strikes me that God exceeds expectations. This is beyond anything he ever asked or thought. She is the closest relative you could find in Haran. It's amazing. The first one, she was there before even he got done with the prayer. She's fulfilled the conditions. Wow. And, and, and then he asks another question. What was the other question in 23 he asked? Is there room to lodge in your father's house? Suppose I could stay there? <laughs> and what did she say about that? Yeah, plenty of room. Yeah, and lots of straw and feed. Wow. So what does this servant do? He worships the Lord. Yes. He has such an awareness of God. He worships God. He says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. Now, there are so many things that are good in 26 and 27. What do you see that's encouraging about this response? By the way, you worship. He doesn't delay. He doesn't wait till he's saying his prayers before he goes to bed 
to thank God for that. The blessing comes right then and he immediately bows low and worships God and thanks him. Have you ever found yourself praying for something? Maybe repeatedly God gives you the blessing and if it's something you really, really, really wanted or needed, how do you feel when you get the blessing? Happy. Really happy. <laughs> and have you ever in your happiness over the blessing forgot to thank the giver? You ever notice yourself doing that? And then maybe hours later you think, oh, I didn't even thank God. Now you were praying every few minutes and asking him, <laughs> But as soon as you get the gift, you're so overjoyed with the gift, you forget to thank the giver. I'm so encouraged by this guy. He prayed before he ever acted, and then he prayed just as soon as it looked like the prayers were being answered. There's something else that impresses me about this. Well, you've probably already answered this, but he, he recognizes the source of the blessing. Yes. He sees, he's so aware, he's so conscious of God's involvement in what's going on. You know, like we've said, he doesn't say, boy, this was my lucky day. You know, I'll thank my horoscope or whatever. It, he, he, he sees this as God. But there's something else I'm impressed with about this. He realizes that it's both the Master's brothers. Yes. Perhaps he does. But where is he when he worships the Lord and bows low? In Heron? Yeah, but I mean like... Like right there with whoever. Right, yeah! Like right there in public by the well, I guess. I mean, I, I don't think he's at all trying to draw attention to himself as something pious, but he's not afraid to publicly express praise and thanks to God. You know, sometimes we'd say... Oh, I thank God for this, but we'd say it really quiet so nobody could hear us so they wouldn't think we were really kooky. You know, he's not ashamed to say right there, blessed be the Lord who's done this. And I assume that the girl heard this too in verse 28. So that's just, that's really really amazing, really encouraging seeing the, the servant and certainly seeing the Lord, Logan. Is there any importance in verse 28 how she tells her mother's household? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Would it be like the brother's daughter that marries her dad? Would it be telling up to her grandpa or something? I don't know about that. Her mother's household, I don't even know what her mother's name is. Do we know that? I don't think we do. Uh, so I don't know who her mother's household was. I will say this. I have wondered if her father was really old or something. Because it seems like her brother almost takes more of the leadership than her father in the rest of the transaction later on. So I don't know. that, But, but that's a good question. I, I really don't have an answer. Somebody have an answer to that? Good question. Good observation. Other thoughts? All of this is not done for himself either. It's done for his master. Yes. He's selfless in this. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me that he, he really cares about this, but you could see a lot of servants wouldn't have cared at all. Yeah. You know, they'd just been bored with this. I hope, this guy, I hope we get this over with. Uh -huh. 
you know. But he seems to really have a heart for, you know, his master and, and Isaac. Good point. Other thoughts? All right. Um, how about 29 to 32. Now Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran outside to the man at the spring when he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist, and when he heard the words of Rebecca, his sister, saying, This is what the man said to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. And he said, Come in, blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside since I prepared the house and a place for the camels? So the man entered the house. Then Laban unloaded the camels, and he gave straw and feed to the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. So who particularly comes to invite the servant to stay? Laban. Now who was he? Rebecca's brother. Yes. So Rebecca's brother, and I think you notice something about him in verse 30 that will be confirmed later on in the book of Genesis. What do you see, at least you kind of suspect that you see in Laban in verse 30? Is he like greedy or something? He, what does he first see? He knows <laughs> Boy, he sees that jewelry that servant <laughs> gave his sister. That seems to um, have made him even more eager to invite this servant in. I don't know, it's just curious that that's the first thing it says he saw. And maybe I'm anticipating that because I know the rest of the story and what kind of a guy he was. But it's, it's kind of interesting. I'll tell you something else that maybe this is, again, over-anticipating. But did you notice the emphasis in the latter part of 30 through 32, what do they seem to almost obsess on, I think, in the last part of 30 through 32? It's camels. The camels. <laughs> I mean, every other word is camels. <laughs> you know, standing by the camels. You know, I got a place for the camels. He unloaded the camels. He gave strong feed to the camels. <laughs> and it makes me wonder again, if Laban isn't fixated on all these camels he's got. You know, now camels wouldn't mean a whole lot to us. But what if it was all the horsepower in that car? You know, all the cylinders, you know, and all that sort of stuff. That would have kind of been the parallel, you know, to the camels. And uh, a guy who notices mostly jewelry and horsepower is probably a rather greedy guy. So that's that's kind of my first impression of Laban. Comments and questions? This is the first we learn, I think, that there were others with him, don't, is it? Uh, good point. Yes. Yes. I, I think you're right. I don't believe we have known that before this. So who's with him? Well, I assume others that accompany him, maybe lesser servants, you know. Guards. <laughs> bring, to bring uh, Rebecca back. <laughs> to guard the camels. <laughs> to guard the camels. <laughs> the jewelry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just assuming that, you know, it would be kind of dangerous to travel by himself and he took, you know, a few other servants with him, but I don't know. 
He gave straw and feed to the camels and water to wash their feet. No, his feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're almost expecting him to wash the camels feet, aren't you? <laughs> he does give the servant a little bit of attention, finally. Other thoughts? It says at the end of verse 30 and start of verse 31, it says that um, how he had heard the words of Rebecca. Yes. And then he says, come in, blessed of the Lord. Is this, did Rebecca tell him about his prayer? Maybe. Or is it still trying to get his money by May- impressing him? Maybe both. I'm not sure that has to be either or. Uh, I think he definitely wants to impress this uh, man with his hospitality but I, I assumed in 28 when she told about these things that she probably told uh, that the servant had been blessed and guided by the Lord, but I don't know. 33 to 41. But when food was set before him to eat, he said, I will not eat until I have told my business. And he said, speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master, so he has become rich. And he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. Now Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master in her old age, and he has given him all that he has. And my master made me swear, saying, you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house and to my relatives and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Suppose the woman does not follow me. And he said to me, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you to make your journey successful, and you will take a wife for my son, for my relatives, and for my father's house. And then uh, then you will be free from my oath when you come to my relatives, and if they do not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. Well, you know, what would you expect them to do when they bring this man in from his journey and the others who were with him? They're going to feed him. And I bet he was hungry by now. I don't know. But what does he say? He has to tell them why he's Yeah. He has a very much of the devotion to duty. And he's not going to eat. He's not going to deal with his own needs and desires until he has explained what his mission is. He is very concerned with fulfilling the mission that Abraham has sent him on. Eating can be postponed, but he needs to tell them, here's why I'm here. And so he explains, I'm Abraham's servant. The Lord's greatly blessed my master, verse 35, and given him a lot. And then something that's sure to catch Laban's ear in verse 36, What has Abraham done with all that stuff? Given it to his son. Yes. So that's pretty impressive that he's given it to his son. And um, so he says, here's my mission. I'm trying to find a wife for him. And, uh, you know, this this is why I'm here. And so he wants them... To understand that he's got a purpose and he's going to explain how this relates to Rebecca here in a moment but first he's just giving the general context of why he's come up here comments and questions all right 42 to 49 
I came to the spring. So, ah. So I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if you know, if now you will make my journey on which I go successful, successful. Behold, I am standing by the spring, and may it be that the maiden who comes out to draw, who comes out to draw, and whom I say, please let me drink a little water from your jar, and she will say to me, Yeah, you drink, and I will draw for your camels also, and who, and let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my <coughs> master's son. But I, but that, before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebecca came out with her jaw, jaw on her shoulder and went down to the spring and drew. And I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly lowered her jaw from her shoulder and said, drink, I will water your camels also. So I drank and she watered the camels also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Michael bore to him. And I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists, and I bowed and worshipped the Lord because, and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had guided me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. So, so now if you are going to deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, let me go that I may turn to, turn to the right hand or to the left. So he explains the incident that happens at the well, where he has prayed to God, and we knew about that. And I like, I find verse 45 interesting. This is something that may not be explicit very often in the Bible. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold. Now, I think more commonly in the Bible, prayers were spoken with the voice that is out loud. That's a very good practice. But it's not wrong to speak a prayer in our heart. And this is one of a few passages that would show that practice as well. Um, I guess uh, Hannah in 1 Samuel 1 kind of split the difference. Her mouth was moving, but no sound was coming out from her throat. Uh, so, you know, you may have that as well. But he was, he was not actually praying this prayer out loud, evidently. Uh, but he'd not even finished speaking, as we said, when Rebecca came and explains that whole story. Now, why do you think he would tell, you know, Laban and the family the details about his prayer and all of that? So that they would know that she was the one that the Lord had blessed. Yes, and, exactly. And, and that this is not just a human endeavor, that, that God is behind them. Exactly. He wants them to see that God is the one who's, who's brought this about to this point. I think he'd like them to feel that they need to fit in with what God is doing. I mean, if they were to say no at this point, kind of looks like they're resisting the purpose of God. <laughs> and so he's, he, he wants to make it clear the, the the involvement that God has had so far in this whole situation. 
Okay. He's also not taking the credit. The first the first girl I found was my um master's family. No, yeah. he gives the credit to God. The Lord helped me find it. Yeah, and that reminds me of something I forgot to say, but in 35, mm-hmm. how, who does, to whom does he attribute Abraham's wealth? God. The Lord, yeah. I mean, for this servant, he sees the Lord's hand all the time. Excellent attitude. Something we really need is that constant focus on the Lord. Other thoughts uh, through 49. Fifty to sixty-one. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, "The matter comes from the Lord, so we cannot speak to you bad or good. Here is Rebecca before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken." When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. The servant brought out articles of silver and articles of gold and garments, and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night. When they arose in the morning, he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Let the girl stay with us a few days, say ten. Afterwards she may go. He said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the girl and consult her wishes. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Thus they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. They blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gate of those who hate them. Then Rebekah arose with her maids, and they mounted the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Very interesting. What do Laban the brother and Bethuel the father say in 50 and 51? Because? It's from God. Yeah. What can we say? You know, I think the faith of Abraham's servant has been contagious. They see, well, this is the Lord's will. This is the Lord's doing. What can we say? That's a really good attitude. That's the right thing. I mean, if it's from the Lord, who are we to say anything other than the will of the Lord be done? And so they say, they they said, you know, here she is. (laughs) And Abraham's servant goes up and gives them a big hug and thanks them all over the place for how generous they've been in giving Rebecca to him. Is that what he does? What does he do? He thanks God again? Yes! Again, he hears their words. He bows himself to the ground before the Lord. He doesn't thank Laban. He doesn't, you know, act in the joy of the moment, though this must have been, I mean, this is like, wow. This is what seals the deal right here. Up until this point, we know she fits the criteria, but we don't know that they'll let her go. When he finds this out, this is perfect. But instead of getting all excited about that, he immediately praises the Lord. If we see how involved the Lord is in these things, that's exactly what we think. The first thing we think when the Lord gives us a blessing like this is, God, thank you. Praise be to your name. 
So I just think, you know, this is a great chapter in a very practical situation to see how we ought to be constantly seeking the Lord's help and giving the credit to God every step of the way. Comments and thoughts on that idea? Well, um, we've got a little bit of disagreement after this. What's the disagreement about? When she should go with them. And when does the servant want to take her? <laughs> right away. Yeah, like right now. And what do her brother and father think? We don't know. Oh, brother and mother, I guess. Sorry about that. In days. <laughs> yeah. Well, brother and mother, yes. Uh, yeah, let us... Could, could she stay a few days? Maybe maybe ten days? I wonder why they'd want that. Well, it's kind of sudden. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whoa! I mean, we're not saying, well, she's going to go for a visit and she'll be back in a month or two. This is like, gone, over. She's there, not here, permanently. Can't you imagine wanting to kind of, I don't know, reminisce over old times and, you know, say goodbye better and, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I can, man, I, I mean, I think if it was us, we'd sure say, oh, no, no we, it's okay, but let's, but the masters, or the servants, like, no, I need, I want to go right now. You know, the servants a lot like Abraham. Uh, Abraham, everything he had to do, he gets up early in the morning and does it. <laughs> yes. Well, but, but can you see a, 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 some reasons why the servant would be so urgent about this? Well, I mean, could he just be excited that, like, he found the right one, and so now let's get her back. Yes. Well, he knows Abraham's waiting, too. Part of this, I think, is the mission. He's got a purpose. And I mean, you know, uh, he's eager to fulfill what he's been called upon to do. Uh, he, that, that's a good attitude. You know, when procrastination uh, for anything other than something worthless is not a good idea. It's better to get it done. Can you see another reason why he might have wanted to do this quickly? So they don't change their mind. Well, yeah, maybe. Can you think of another reason? You wouldn't like a two-hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while he's already been gone, plus a while to get back. So yeah. well, how, do we know how long this trip would have taken? Do you have some idea? I mean, it is... So, a while. Yeah, I mean, it was from the land of Canaan back to... To Heron. Which is up, right? Yeah, it's up. North, north. It's up. <laughs> it's a lot of climbing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, several hundred miles, I guess. How fast do camels travel? I don't know. <laughs> I've never cameled. Uh, I, I wonder if just the fact that God's behind this also. Obviously, this is the Lord's purpose. And that really takes precedence over everything. You know, fulfilling this mission that the Lord has blessed. Well, I mean, I, I mean you have to give it to the family. I mean, how do they decide the question? They let her decide. Well, you go with this man, I think implied, like, today. And she said... I will go. Wow. She's decisive. Mm -hmm. But, man, 
What did that take? A lot of faith. Does that remind you of anybody? Abraham, who went when God told him to, to a place he'd never seen. But he took his possessions and his wife and his nephew. She's not taking anybody, as far as we can tell. She just goes. Yeah, her nurse. Did she, yeah, she's her nurse. Yeah, good point. Thank you. Uh, verse, verse 59. Logan. Two things. Um, first, up in verse 28, what does it mean? Wait, no. No, 48. No. 27. What does it mean putting a ring on her nose? Um, <laughs> took a ring and stuck it through her nose. Yeah, they, that was a... Not, that's just not just a modern thing. They had nose rings back then. And yeah. then this, the second is in verse 53, he gave um, silver and gold to Laban. He yes. really liked that. Yeah, I suspect he did. <laughs> they, they got a little something out of this, too. Wasn't Bethel there, too, the father? Why would he give him any? I don't know. And why didn't he want his daughter to say 10 days? I don't know. It seems to me like Laban is more responsible for Rebecca than than her father is. I mean, my guess is he may be a little around the bend, you know, or something <laughs> that way. That's my guess. I don't know. But why, well, why would Laban take more leadership? I mean, I think about, for example, verse 50. Then Laban and Bethuel replied. I take it that Laban took the leadership in that reply. And so that makes me think that Laban may have more say-so in this than his father. We certainly have situations like that today where somebody's really old, may not be mentally as competent or physically as competent or whatever, and, and the son would more manage the affairs. That's what I'm guessing, but I don't know. But man, Rebecca's impressive. Stepping out on faith, just as Abraham had done. And she goes. <clears throat> I wonder if she would have been so willing to go. If she had not recognized, because of what the servant had said, that the Lord's hand is in this. All right, questions or comments through 61? They would have delayed her. It's saying no for now. You're right. It's not, I'll go later. It's not now. Yeah, that's if we'd realized that about our delaying tactics, we'd probably delay less. Yes. Like Logan would say, when, when it says he took out a ring to put on her, you know, I'm thinking on her finger. <laughs> <laughs> she must have a long nose, though. Long nose. <laughs> well, don't know the size it's of the like ring. <laughs> Let me put this on your nose. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't educated. Did he just clip on? Or? <laughs> 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 but he, but he gave her the presents in the ring before he asked her whose daughter. Yes, that's correct. She was. So. You're right. So he may have had other things to give if necessary. I don't know. 
you know, I mean, uh, this is probably beside the point, but, you know, some of these questions about, like, you know, in what parts of your face you wear your rings or whatever, is cultural. You know, it's amazing to me how hung up we get about things like that. Now, I do think we need to not try to do something that just sends a bad message. You know, I don't even know if this is still true. But when I was, you know, growing up and a little after that, whichever ear you wore your ring in as a guy, that more or less meant you were gay. Well, you don't want to go around saying to people you're gay, whether you are or not. You know, that'd be, be dumb. Why would you want to do that? You know, that wouldn't be a very edifying, you know, thing to, to say, uh, even with what you wear. But, but as far as just, you know, what is in style and cultural about jewelry and things like that, it is so much a part of what you grew up with and what you're used to. And it evolves. You know, you ever seen the beauty queens 50 years ago? Seen their pictures? And they look hideous? Because, <laughs> you know, their hair, their face, the clothes, I mean, everything is just like, ooh, yuck. That was pretty <laughs> back then. Ideas of beauty change. Ideas of what stylish change. And it doesn't really matter. Back here, evidently, you know, nose rings were in. <laughs> you know, in some periods of time, they're not. They don't sound very appealing to me, personally. But, uh, but it's strictly a matter of style. And, and seeing things like that makes you realize, you know, we shouldn't fight battles over that. We ought to try to be appropriate in what we do, just so we're not sending some kind of a bad message. Other thoughts? Well, 62 to 67, the uh, bottom line here. Now Isaac had come from going to Bir Lahai Roy, for he was living in the Negev. Isaac went out to, out to mediate in the field towards evening, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, the camels were coming. Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel. She said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, He is my master. Then she took the, her veil and covered herself. The servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into her, his mother's Sarah's tent. And he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Wow. Isn't that cool? You know, I mean... It's just amazing to imagine this. It must have been really exciting for both of them. Um, they marry each other, and then they get acquainted. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's an unusual way to do that, don't you think? <laughs> um, so when did they come to really, um, you know, love each other? After. Really, after they were married. They never met each other until the time they were married. Uh, maybe there's something to be said about the fact that, you know, love is not something you fall into and fall out of. It's a choice you make as to how you will behave towards someone. And uh, so that's an uh, interesting uh, situation, and, and the mission is fulfilled. Abraham's wishes have been followed, and now Isaac has a, a wife, Rebecca. And uh, the rest of the story will kind of pursue that and will follow the family down through Isaac and Rebecca. Yes. 
Um, was Abraham not his master anymore? Because it said that he said that Isaac was his master. Um. Well, let's see. His master. Yeah. Son, okay. The Abraham's son Isaac would have been his master too. Yeah, that, I think that's probably the case. Mm -hmm. You know, as the son, he's over the servants as well. Good question. Other thoughts. This this is going backwards some, but that's fine. Uh, would would Abraham have had cause to wonder about his relatives and their relationship to God? Uh, later on, we see household gods, and um, there are maybe some other things that make us uncertain about uh, Laban and the Lord. Yes. So, if that's the case, I wonder if more of the reason to take someone from there is for it not to be a Canaanite because the Canaanites were under the Lord's curse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Other thoughts? I think that's a really amazing chapter. So I like that one. It's one of my favorite chapters in Genesis. Chapter 25, uh, you can do what you want to with the uh, names, but would somebody read 1 through 11? Now Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore to him Zimran and Jonkshan and Medan and Midian and Ishbak and Shuah. Jonkshan became the father of Sheba and Dedan 